Take my hand Take my little hand Walk with me And if you can Understand I didn't plan For this road I'm on But here I stand Hello, you are listening to the Sweet Baby O podcast, and I'm Lynn Browder, and I have a son, Owen, who is 10 and has autism. All I can think about today is the happy screams. Well, it's not all I can think about, but it's the happy screams. (laughs) The happy screams. Owen screams a lot, a lot, a lot, but it's the happy screams that are just as loud and just as poignant as the mad screams or the meltdown screams or the in-between screams. He uh, got very excited about a uh, app he was playing with and he just started screaming and laughing and screaming and laughing. And I love that he gets so excited about things and I love that he's happy about things. But trying to convince him not to scream, oh, I take a breath. (laughs) He screams so much some days that I just, I don't even know where to go from here. It's one of those things you just don't know how much screaming he's actually going to do. And the happy screams probably, in a lot of ways, out way the mad screams or the sad screams or the meltdown screams. And so I try to find this way to get him to understand that he can scream and he, you know, can get excited about things, but there's like an inside voice, an outside voice until you go outside and then it's walking to the bus time, which is very early and he's out there happy screaming. And then I'm thinking, okay, this is outside and he's happy. And how then do I say, well, we don't always scream outside either. Uh, So there's these rules uh, that we put on ourselves on our children on the world and the the screaming is is one of those things that it's it's more about how i handle it and the the constant noise uh versus him not needing to scream or shouldn't scream but it's it's more about the the constant state of noise that's where we're kind of at and, and I have to kind of try to figure out how to redirect his emotions, redirect his energy, um, or even just kind of let it go. And some days I'm better about that than other days. Other days I just don't want him to scream one more time, one more time. But he gets so wound up and so excited about life and what's happening, it's hard to tell him, no, don't scream. But I still want to tell them, no, don't scream some days. It's a lot of screaming. It's a lot of screaming. But I think about how far we've come. And 
that is the happy moments for me. Uh, I was giving him some veggie straws tonight, and he uh, loves his veggie straws. And early on, when he was very young, when he was just kind of learning how to talk and associate words with things, he started calling veggie straws crackers. And I don't know where it came from. I don't know if that's just the name that he could say or if somebody called them that and he heard them, if it was just like because they were crunchy. I'm really not sure how he got the term crackers for his veggie straws. But the day that he finally started calling them veggie straws, I was kind of taken aback from it because it had always been crackers. And at this point, he had been with, you know, several different babysitters, daycare, you know, just different friends, different family. All of these things kind of influence his words, his actions, what he learns, what he retained. Uh, I shouldn't even say what he retained because he retains everything. He knows, he remembers everything, absolutely everything. When I think he has forgotten something, it cycles back through and he remembers everything. So he probably heard it or associated a cracker with it because of the crunch. But this took a lot of kind of figuring out how he would say something and what words went with what objects. And I did that for many years. And now now he tends to make a few more connections um, with the words and what they mean. But there's still times that I'm, I'm really not sure what he's referencing or, or why he's refer- referencing it that way. And it also, um, now that he's learning lots of languages, that can throw, you know, the, the change of, of what he's saying to something else because he can kind of uh, take his words and put them into Spanish and French and German and, you know, <laughs> languages that I don't even realize he knows how to say. And he's not talking in those other languages as much as he is. He sings still a lot of the vocabulary, and he's singing more of the ABCs in his different languages, which half half of them I don't even know which ones they are. But it amazes me how those words kind of go from one thing to the next. So he's he's been always a veggie straw eater. And then um, all the days are blending together. So I think it's been a couple of months now. He decided he wanted veggie chips. So the straws are the longer ones and then chips, just a, a, a veggie chip. And he had never really wanted them before. I'd gotten them uh, a couple times here and there and he didn't want them. And I think it's partly because he kept seeing the consistency and he has to have that uh, that look of those veggie straws. But then one day he wanted only veggie chips. He wanted veggie chips and no veggie straws were going to help him in any way, shape, or form. 
So I finally got him some veggie chips, and he wouldn't eat the veggie straws. And he had been eating, that was like his favorite food since he was little, and he wouldn't even touch them. And so it's amazing how he finally went from one thing to the next. And I've tried numerous different foods with him snack-wise for him wanting, you know, different textures and different types and and different flavors because he loves salt and vinegar chips. He loves barbecue chips. He loves those type of things. And to see him finally kind of breaking away from his veggie chips or veggie straws to veggie chips, it was it was kind of interesting. And he would not go back to veggie straws. He also likes these veggie triangles. They're like a puffed triangle. The only problem with those is he likes to squish them and then eat the little tiny pieces and they come in millions of pieces at that point because of the way they're puffed out and like almost like a, a shredded um shredded kind of wheat type thing the way they break apart um but it's it's a veggie triangle well <laughs> the way he pushes his food through his fingers and then he will put it in his mouth and he takes it out of his mouth and he puts it in his mouth and he takes it out of his mouth veggie triangles go everywhere they're kind of like shrimp they go everywhere too so trying to teach him how to take a bite of something put it down eat what's in his mouth and then move on to the next bite that's kind of been the focus for several years now and with certain skills it's not something that happens overnight you have to remind and remind and remind him or show him something over and over and over and over and over and over and over again and it's a processing thing for him he doesn't quite understand or he doesn't like the look of it yet or it doesn't sound right to him or it's not the right color or the shape or the sound whatever it is depending on how it looks that can change how he processes it to let it into his world and so that is when we have to kind of step back from certain things and and work on each step um veggie triangles i just can't can't quite wrap my brain around those because they are just everywhere but the veggie chips he did pretty good with them he would take a bite and he'd put it down kind of like the veggie straws the veggie straws he would take in his finger and he would break them but they would become two or three pieces versus the veggie triangles which was just like shredded wheat so here we are now at the point where he doesn't want anything besides veggie chips and i can't then find veggie chips i've looked at a couple places i can't get them i can only get the veggie straws and this has been his go-to for years and years and years and so for then now to have it where he only wants the veggie chips and i can't find any he wouldn't eat the veggie straws. He wouldn't even touch the veggie straws. His favorite food 
since he was little, and he won't even look at them. So that's kind of like, where do you go from here? So finally, I was able to convince him that I couldn't get any more of the veggie chips, and he then started eating the veggie straws again. But this was days of him not eating his favorite snack. And so this is one of those things that you you find something they like, and I definitely try to get him to try bites of everything. I always want him to eat a wide variety of food, which he really truly does. But then when they get stuck on one food and you can't find that food, that's where it gets extremely hard. Thankfully, Owen does eat well and he eats, again, the wide variety of things. But snack-wise, it's very limited as to what I, you know, that what I can find that he really, truly loves. So once I got through the veggie chips with him, I started introducing several different veggie straws back into the world again. And it was, it wasn't like it had been any different. Like he just started eating them once I said, I'm sorry, I can't get any more veggie chips. He went right back to the straws. But again, this is one of those things that it's very hard because the things like he eats shrimp and he loves shrimp. But if I don't cook it completely correct, he won't eat it or he will just eat the 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 breaded um, covering from it. And he will pick that off and eat just the covering. Or he'll pick it off and he'll eat just the shrimp. And I early on, it was one of the things that I focused on with him was trying to get him to eat different foods with different textures, different temperatures. And that way, like when I would cook something, I would cook it one day a little warmer or a little, you know, crispier. And then another day we'd have it a different style. So it wasn't quite the same or, you know, depending on the food, if I could make it where it wasn't hot, if I could make it cold one day, that way he didn't have just one texture, one color when he was looking at like if something was toasted, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I would make it darker toasted or lighter toasted, depending on what the food was. And this has really helped him kind of grow in a lot of the foods that he eats. But I still have to be very aware of when his food changes and when his food needs once change. He didn't want the veggie straws. And that kind of concerned me because it's one of those things that was his go-to food since he was very young. Thankfully, we kind of navigated through those waters and were able to find veggie straws, veggie triangles, veggie chips, uh, all of those things that he kind of went through and he started eating and started using. Uh, And so that 
process took a while and it, it wasn't something that just, here it is, here's your veggie straws back in your life again. He had to kind of work through the process himself. And luckily, he's, like I said, he eats a lot of food. So him not having veggie straw, he was eating many other things. But it just kind of is always on my mind that I don't want him to not eat something that he's always loved because of the difficulties with trying to find foods at certain times when he's not feeling good or, or something, you know, is, is stressful to him or, or a moment of anxiety, giving him something that is a comfort food is a way to kind of help him through something, distract him from something, any of those. And so I always want to be able to have the right comfort food for him to get him through those moments. Food is a lot to think about. Food is a lot, a lot, a lot to think about. But the good news, this past week, we have not had a lot of blue pant talk. <laughs> the blue pants. Uh, we've had them. We've had them every day. But the intensity of him wanting to wear blue pants or wanting the world to be in pl- blue pants has kind of toned down just a little bit. And for me, I'm grateful. This is one of those things that makes me kind of want to cry because it's been over a year now that he has not been able to get past this process. He cycles through a lot of his emotions, a lot of his feelings and what's happening and what, you know, he wants the world to look like, what he needs to see. And so for him to kind of move forward on blue pants, this is exciting. This is good. I keep telling him that he needs to give others kindness and grace and respect their choices of not wearing blue pants. This seems to be helping I keep telling him that, you know, he has to have kindness and grace for others. And then in turn, they will give him respect and also the kindness and grace. Today was probably the day that he's mentioned it most. But looking forward to that, tomorrow is his therapy day. And he always talks about the the different therapists wearing blue pants. And so I reminded him that we give grace, we give the kindness, and that if they don't wear the blue pants, he's still going to be able to go to his therapy and still be able to do the activities. So I'm hoping that he can kind of continue to move forward through this and that today was just kind of one of those days that he needed to get that out. Um, And he then told me, he said, we don't talk about blue pants. And he was fine the rest of the evening. He was very calm and he didn't really try to like refocus his energy or anything on, on those blue pants. So I was happy about that. So hopefully we can keep building on that and and making you know it easier for him to accept the things that are change for him a big big change and it it is it is huge to him because 
when I wear clothes and, you know, have blue pants on, if they get wet, that is a major ordeal for Owen. One droplet of water on my pants can cause him so much duress and anxiety and lead to the meltdowns. So I'm trying to kind of get him used to that because you never know when you're going to get sprayed, you know, when you're washing dishes or when you're walking out in the rain. All of these are triggers for him. I breathe, I breathe because this is very emotional for me. You know, it's it's hard to know when he's going to go into a meltdown over something that is way beyond my control. I can't control the rain. I can't control when I don't have the umbrella the right direction and the rain hits my pants. I can't control if I'm out in those circumstances at, you know, rain happens when you least expect it. And so these are moments where I'm always trying to stay one step ahead of a meltdown or one step ahead of a moment that I think is gonna cause a meltdown. Mm. It's, it's daunting to think that something like a rain drop, one drop, can cause my baby so much heartache. Hmm. I took the blue pair of pants that I had worn the other day and I put water from the faucet on it and I showed it to him. And immediately I could see the panic in his face and his face and his body completely changed. He tried to grab some paper towels and he wanted to dry them and we went through the whole process. And I think about it and I'm like, I have to work more on those steps with him because he just sat there and, you know, wanted it to dry and trying to dry it off. And I explained to him that the paper towel really wasn't going to take away the, the wetness until it dried or it was in the dryer. Or we used a hair dryer. I went through all the examples. And it's not going to be one of those things that he has to see it one time and it's changed his mind it's many times it's numerous times it could be a hundred it could be a thousand times that he has to see water on my pants water somewhere to be able to accept that now the opposite of this is when he's focused on something completely different like we took I took him to the pool he was able to just kind of see water as a whole. He was only concerned with a few people that were not in blue pants. Even though I wasn't in blue pants, I was in a swimsuit and he was in a swimsuit and friends were in a swimsuit. He still had those moments where he was concerned about people in blue pants, people being wet, and you just, you're in a pool. <laughs> and so he, he was able to kind of look past that because that was water and he was completely in there. But, you know, it's, it's still always on my mind that 
which part is he going to focus on? Is he going to be able to focus on the fun? Is he going to focus on the blue pants? Is he going to focus on the water? What part is he going to focus on? But I remind myself of how far we've come. We have come a long way. And I think about when he was younger and walking into different stores. I remember going to one grocery store in one town and he could not even get past the front doors before he would start screaming and trying every which way to get out of my arms or out of the cart. And I had to stop taking him. I couldn't, I couldn't take him because he would just scream, clawing, trying to get out of it. And so that I couldn't go there. I went to a different store, the same, the same grocery store, but in a different location. And he could get past the front doors, but he, as soon as we'd get halfway up any of the aisles, he would start screaming. He would start getting really, really emotional. And he didn't want to go to the front of the store. He could hang out. We could walk back and forth and get the food. He was in the cart. And he was young. He was very, very, very young. It was, you know, toddler age and younger. And if I had to get anything at the front of the store, front of the aisles, he would just scream and cry. And I always dreaded taking him to the registers because that's where it was even harder for him. And so it didn't take me long to get to the point where I couldn't take him to the grocery stores because he couldn't handle the the sounds, the lights, the noises, the different aisles. I'm not even really sure all of the aspects of it. But he's starting to be able to go more places now. And back then, you know, he didn't know how to express any of the the noise concerns or the store or any of those things besides screaming about it. And now he doesn't truly know how to still explain when he's upset about a particular thing for a particular reason. But I'm learning more of his cues and I'm trying to kind of help him navigate through a lot of those things. And he won't wear headphones. And so I'm trying to get him to understand that, you know, that would help him kind of block out some of the sounds. Well, he is now putting his hands over his ears when he gets into the tub. And then as soon as he's in the tub, nothing has changed because the water's still running, everything's in there. But then he finally will put his hands down from his ears. And so I'm trying to work on sounds with him and, and find that middle ground as to what sound that we can adjust and work on to get him past those moments. This is one of the biggest learning curves for me. It's always trying to find a way to work with him, adjust the things that I need to adjust in my own, you know, mindset, my own world, my own ways to just to be able to help him through his 
decisions, his world, his things that he needs to move through and kind of, you know, work on and, and, and look at. And we breathe we take these deep breaths and I go over the moments with him and I just let him know that he is in a, you know, okay, you know, environment and that if he doesn't want to go into someplace because of a sound or he needs to, you know, backtrack from it for a moment and that's okay. But he also has to understand that he has to find a way to explain his concerns with me. You know, because I need to be able to say, okay, you can't go into this place because it's going to be loud. Or we need to go through a different door because that door has that noise. And that's where kind of finding his communication skills and working with his communication skills will get us to that point. It's a learning experience for me. It's a growing experience for me. And all I can do is just keep moving forward and and helping him to keep moving forward. I, you know, I don't have the answers. I don't have half of the answers. I, you know, just keep trying to learn new things and learn new ways to help him. And in turn, that's helping me as well. So I always, you know, say autism is as much about how I handle it as it is about Owen having it. So one day at a time, together we learn, together we love, together we grow. And, you know, that's that's all I can do is, is just continue to support my babies and, and love him and continue to remind him that he's amazing and we can do all the things as long as he just keeps growing and learning and doing what he wants to do, he's going to accomplish so much. And I remind him of that constantly. So thank you for listening to the Sweet Baby O podcast. You can find me on Facebook at uh, Sweet Baby O. And you can also find me on my website at sweetbabyo.com. So I thank you for listening. And the song that you heard at the beginning and you'll hear at the end here is Down This Road. And it's written by Marcus Oglesby. And he is with the band Creek Don't Rise. Thank you very much for listening and have a great rest of your day. Life ain't always what we thought it would be Sometimes heavy is the load I won't give up on you Don't give up on me Take my hand down this road Take my hand down this road And understand, I understand You don't understand the way I am When you cry And I don't know why I'll make you smile 
when you cry Where this road will lead Nobody knows Just come with me and let's see just How far it goes Take my hand Take my little hand Walk with me And if you can Understand I didn't plan For this road I'm on But here I stand And life ain't always What we thought it would be Sometimes heavy is the load I won't give up on you Don't give up on me Take my hand Down this road Take my hand Down this road Take my hand